This week we're going to cover um, how your system initializes the services running on your system and network configuration. During system initialization, the init command runs the etc initab file, which describes how the system should be set up in each run level. Let's take a look at this file, vietc initab. Um, two important things to note in this file are the init default which tells you um, what the default run level your operating system will boot into. By default, most Linux servers um, have an init default of 5, which is full multi-user mode with x11 um, graphics. What I normally do on a server is I change that to, uh, to just full multi-user mode. So then your, ser your, your, your server or your system starts on just a shell and then from there you can do start x to go into uh, init 5 if you wanted to but that way you're not eating up all those extra resources and there are some security implications with that as well another important line which I normally comment on most of my systems is the this line right here which basically tells the system that if you do control delete to shut it down minus R which means to reboot the machine um, I usually comment this line because I don't want to uh, run into the case where I do control delete by mistake and it restarts my server when I didn't really want to. If I want to restart my server, I could just do uh, init 6, which is a reboot, or I could do shutdown minus R myself. So um, those two lines are sort of important in that file. Now I'm going to exit out of this file. And some of the other things you need to know as an administrator is what services start automatically when your machine boots and what processes are running on your machine at all times. Um, one important command to find out what processes are running in your machine is the ps command. And if I run ps-elf, that will list all the processes currently running on this machine and who is the owner of that process and what the PID of the process is. So. It's very important as system administrators that we find out what each process is doing and why are they running. Um, the processes with brackets like this are usually operating system uh, processes and um, processes like HAL daemon or dbus or cron, these, these processes start automatically on boot and I will show you how to configure those to start or to disable on, on, on boot. Um, but like I said, it's very important that we, we know what each of these processes are doing and why are they running and, and how to disable them or enable them on, uh, on boot. Another important command that will tell you um, what processes are li listening on different TCP uh, ports is the netstat command. The netstat command is a very useful command when, when it comes to networking and if I run netstat minus NATP. This will show me all the processes that are listening on all the TCP processes that are listening on different ports and who is the owner of the of the process. So I'm going to run that. And as you can see, all these processes are listening. So I have a process listening on port 23 here and on all IP addresses for this machine and that's Telnet. This is FTP on 21, and then I have DNS just listening on the local host and on one interface. 
the one that uh, it's shared to all the virtual machines. So netset is an important command to do that. Um, now when it comes to finding out um, what services automatically start on your machine when you reboot, there are, are a couple of important commands. One is the check config command. Check config has many parameters and you could do a man on check config to, to look at all the different parameters. But an important one is the check config list. This will list all the different services and in what rebel run levels are they starting. So if we do this, we can see these are the XINet processes. It, most, pro most processes in Linux either start automatically through the uh, init, init system or through the XINet process. So here it's telling us that all these processes um, are XINet based process services and out of these the only ones that are starting are Telnet and VMware Auth. Now here these are the init services and we can see that for example NTP which is the time protocol starts on run level 2, 3, 4 and 5 and HTTPD is off so I'm not running Apache and, and the same thing goes for all the other processes. Um, here I can see that DHCP is only running on init 3. Um, check config also allows you to, uh, to basically um, start other processes on different run levels as you want them. So let's say for example that um, GPM process which is the, the mouse control um, well this one is already um, running on 2, 3, 4, 5 so let me find one that is not. So VNC, the VNC server, the VNC server that we used last week it's only running on init 5 and that's because it's a, it's an X Windows program, so it makes sense to only run it on init 5. Uh, but let me find one that's okay. HTTPD. We saw that HTTPD is not started on any run level at the moment, so let me find it again. Where is HTTPD? Here it is. Okay. So it's off on all run levels. So let's say I wanted to start it on init 5 or 3. Let's say I wanted to start it on init 3. So with check config I can do that. I could do ch chk config minus minus level and then here I would put the levels that I wanted starting in. If I wanted on 3 I would put 3 and then I would put httpd. This would tell the system to automatically start HTTPD process when the system starts in an A3 level. Um, another way of doing this would be to do a check config um, HTTPD on. That's another way of doing it. Um, there's another utility which I like a little better because it's a little bit easier to do but um, it, it doesn't have all the granularity that uh, check config does but it's a little simpler to use it's ntsysv ntsysv basically lists all the services and then you can put a check on the ones that you want starting so in this machine for example I have CPU speed cron D DHCP GPM HAL Daemon 
IRQ balance, Katsu, which is the hardware process, message bus, microcode CTL, named, which is the DNS server, the network, because I want a network interface, NTP, NTPD, which is the time protocol service, raw devices, and SSHD, syslog, and system stats, and also telnet. Then the VMware processes, FTP, XFS, and XINET-D. That's it. Those are the processes that are running. On all of your virtual machines, the first time you install Red Hat, you will see a ton of processes that get started automatically. It is important that the, one of the first things you do after you start an, after you install an operating system is to go into this utility here or to use check config to disable um, different processes that you really don't need that are running there that you know that can make your system vulnerable to uh, to attack. So and also that eat up a lot of CPU and resources. If you're not going to use those certain processes, uh, why run them? So I put in the in the notes uh, a good website that basically describes each each one of these services and recommends which ones to start automatically and which ones not. But then again, you could always customize that and, and add extra ones depending on the needs that you have. So I'm going to quit out of here. And the last thing I wanted to show you is, let's say that um, you, you forget to start HTTPD um, through the init um, commands automatically. So you wanted to start it now that your machine has booted into run level 3 or 5. And uh, to do that, one, of the, one, ut easy, one utility that you can use is the service utility. And you do service HTTPD start and that will go in and start the HTTPD service if it was already started and you wanted to stop it you could do service HTTPD stop and that would stop it okay now we're gonna do a shift and go into uh, network configuration um, when it comes to network configuration there are um, there are a few important tools that you need to know about and um, the, the most basic command in network configuration is the ifconfig. Ifconfig will show you um, all the interfaces and IP addresses that have been uh, assigned for these interfaces. So if I do ifconfig right here, I can see that um, I have three interfaces on this machine, ETH0, loopback, and VMnet8, which is the VMware interface. Here it shows me the IP address the MAC address for that interface, the subnet mask, and the broadcast address. And here it tells me packets that have come in and have gone out from this machine on that interface. A um, couple other tools to know about are um, if you want to see all your routing tables on this machine and see your default gateway, again, you can use the netstat command. And this time, we do netstat minus rn and that lists basically all your different interfaces and in here it lists the default gateway which in my case is 101311 um, I'm not running X Windows here but an important command in configuring your network if you are on init 5 and you have Windows and graphics um, is the neat command which is the network applet uh, GUI interface in, in Red Hat 4 and if you run neat 
on, 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 a, on a machine that's got X Windows loaded in run level 5, you will get a nice, easy to configure interface that shows you all the different um, network parameters that you can change. A couple other tools that you can use is for configuring your network and seeing your network uh, configuration is ETH tool. ETH tool um, requires an interface. So let's say we wanted to find out more information about the ETH0 interface. So we will run ETH tool on ETH0. And this shows me a couple important things. First, that the link was detected on the interface. Second, the speed of that interface, which in my case is 100 megabits per second. And this, is, this one here is important, that it's duplex and it's full duplex. And it also shows you what supported um, uh, modes are available on the network card. Um, if you want another tool that you can use is MII tool. MII tool basically just lists all the different interfaces and uh, the different configurations for them. So it here it shows me the DTH0, it's 100 base TX and the link is okay. So let's say you lost your link or whatever, you can run MII tool and confirm that you lost your link and see and troubleshoot it that way. Uh, most of the network configuration though in, in Linux is done through different files and it's important that you become familiar with the different files that um, you use for configuring the network. So let's take a look at some of these files. The first one is the resolve.conf. The resolve.conf basically shows you the DNS servers that your machine uses to resolve hosts. So if we look at the resolve.conf on this machine, which is an ETC, we can see that the domain that I've set up for this machine is the cse570e.edu domain and the DNS servers in this order that I'm going to query are the following. My local host, my local machine, and then the two campus DNS servers if it's not found here. Um, another important um, configuration file is the etc, etc sysconfig network file. This file, um, this file is where you set up your host name. So some of you were asking how your host name didn't s didn't stick after you rebooted your machine. Here, if you put it in with the parameter host name and you reboot your machine, your host name will stay with the machine. Also, here you can put your default gateway for your machine if you have to specify it manually and you don't get it through the HCP. On most servers, you don't want to really use the HCP, so it, it's recommended that you put it here manually so that it's, it stays there and it's static. Um, another important file is the etc and the switch.conf. This file is important because it tells the system where to look for files and in what order for different services. So for DNS and looking up hosts, for example, this machine has been configured to look at files first, so to look at the ETC host first, and if it doesn't find it there, to go to DNS. But the same things can be done for other things, such as your password, where to look for passwords. So this machine has been configured that if it needs to look up a password to go into the ETC password file and find their under files. But if we were using NIS or LDAP for authentication, then we would put these here as well. So we would put LDAP and NIS here so that it would look in your files first, the local database. If it didn't find it there, it would go to LDAP. And if it didn't find it in LDAP, it would go to NIS and so forth. So this file basically tells where to look for different uh, things. 
it tells the system where to look for um, different configuration files in what systems, local, LDAP, NIS, and whatnot. Uh, I mentioned the etc host files, so let's take a look at that. Clear, more etc host. The etc host basically is a static mapping of IP addresses to um, to um, host names or DNS names. Um, here, I have configured this machine to use Kerberos. So let's say, for example, that my DNS servers were not working. Um, my machine knows to go in and look at the files first. So since I don't want my machine querying DNS every time it has to check what the Kerberos name is, uh, what the IP of the Kerberos name is, I went ahead and added it to the look, to the EDC host, so it's there and statically, and it's always available to the machine, even if the DNS server is down. I've also added the local IP of the machine, so it's always a good idea to add um, the the local IP of the machine in the EDC host, and then any any other service that you're you're going to be querying a lot so that it doesn't have to go to DNS, it can just find it locally. Um, finally, the, the most important uh, configuration files where you set up your IP address and your interfaces are found in etc, sysconfig, network scripts directory. And in this directory, you will find an ifcfg-interface name for each interface you have on your machine. So for example, in here, I have a if cfg eth0 for my interface for my uh, ethernet interface eth0 on this machine so if you can see I've chosen to do a static IP instead of using the HCP so these are the basically the the different parameters that you can put on this machine here I'm telling it that is device eth0 Boot proto is the type of boot protocol that we're using. If we were using the HCP, this would say the HCP, and we wouldn't have an IP address or a net mask because we would obtain those automatically from the HCP. In this case, we're not using the HCP or boot P, so we have to specify these, so we put none. This is the MAC address of the machine. This is the IP address of the machine, which I've specified. This is the net mask of the machine. I should say of the interface, not really the machine. Um, user control. So this is if I want to allow other users to to bring up or down this interface. On boot equals yes means that when the when the machine boots, do I want this interface to uh, to come up? And I say yes, I do. The type of um, interface it is. In this case, is Ethernet. Peer DNS means do I want to um, get that information that goes into the etcresolve.conf from, um, from the network or do I want to specify that myself uh, manually on the etcresolve.com. In this case I've chosen to, uh, to get it from the network automatically. And finally IPv6 if I want support for IP version 6. In my case I said no. So, so basically every time you have a new interface this is the file where you want to configure it and then um, once you make changes to this file you can go in and do a service uh, cron d I mean service network restart to apply the changes another way of doing this is also etc init.d network 
restart and that will apply your new changes and make those uh, stay on this machine.